Genesis 12, verses 1 through 3. And that is, Now the Lord said to Abram, Go from your country and your kindred and your father's house to the land that I will show you. And I will make of you a great nation, and I will bless you and make your name great, so that you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you, and him who dishonors you I will curse. And in you all the families of the earth shall be blessed. This is the word of the Lord. Hey, so I get the honor tonight to welcome up Matt Nickel in just a second. Um, this morning I was filling out a recommendation. Matt's um, uh, trying to do a lot of things over the next year. And one of the things he's trying to do is take some seminary classes. And I was filling out this recommendation and, and I started answering the questions. And the questions are like, where have you seen evidence of this person's faith? Where have you seen evidence of their compassion for others? Are they mature emotionally and spiritually? Um, where have you seen them evidence leadership qualities? You know, on and on and on. And, and as I got about halfway through, I just kept going like, I've already, I kept saying all these things over and over again. It was like, and it's, um, quite frankly, it's really frustrating sometimes to write letters of recommendation for people that have nothing bad to say about. So at one point, sorry, Matt, but they were like, how's this academic stuff? And I was like, I don't know, but he really wants this, you know? And I was a little nicer than that, but that was kind of the gist. And I was sort of thinking, if I don't say something like that, they're just not going to believe me because you're fit for it, dude. And, um, and this man, I mean, I remember him walking in as a freshman with like Harry Potter glasses or something and, and taking like, he was like, I wanna be a photographer for missions. And I was like, those don't exist, man. Like as a full-time job, probably. I mean, you're gonna have to, you could, but you're probably gonna wanna work in a church you don't wanna work at to do that. So, um, so I, I, and I remember just sort of, you know, uh, I don't know, I don't, I don't know if I took you that seriously, actually, when you were a freshman, I'm sorry about that. Uh, <laughs> I hope you know I've taken you very seriously up to this point. Um, Matt loves Jesus, and the Lord has captured his heart. And um, there are very few men that I've worked with uh, who uh, I see fight so hard to be holy. Um, Matt is teachable. Uh, he's, he's got a contrite heart. means he's, um, he's able to be. This is a huge sign of maturity, that you're able to embrace um, somebody uh, having something hard to say to you, that you're, you're easy to say hard things to is a tremendous sign of maturity. Um, and I actually found myself pretty early on going, I've got to say fewer hard things to Matt because he takes everything deeply and seriously and turns and learns. And I've watched him pray for his family and for his friends. And he'll share a little bit about this. Um, you know, I know Matt wants to feel very safe and secure in this world. I know you do, man. But one of the things that you do in light of that, and I think this is beautiful, is Matt ends up becoming a safe haven for tons of other people in this world. Like he's a sanctuary for his friends, um, for so many other people. And, um, and, you know, and, and what I'm excited about tonight is one of my heroes, his name is Dietrich Bonhoeffer, and he said, God has put his word into the mouths of men, and women too, okay, but the quote says this, God has put his words into the mouths of men in order they might, that they might speak it to others. That whatever God does in our lives, he's given it to us in order to share. And uh, what I'm excited about tonight is that Matt gets to, he does this all the time if you know him. He's always sharing what God's been doing in his life. I'm excited he gets to do it tonight through the preaching of the word. Um, I love you, brother. It's a joy to work with you. I'm excited for everybody to hear from him tonight. Um, Y'all got a couple like freaking heroes on stage tonight with Shamara and Matt. So take notes um, and welcome up Matt Nickel.
Good? Hey, what's up? Making me cry back there. <laughs> I haven't even started yet. I'll cry later, probably. Um, like Jason said, my name is Matt, uh, and I'm one of the pastoral interns this year with the house. Um, if I haven't met you yet, I would love to. Um, who, who's first time is tonight? Anyone? No one. Invite your friends. <laughs> Invite your friends. Um, one of the, the thing that we want to do here at the house is help you guys discover your life in Jesus. Um, that's our goal, and that's our hope for you. Um, and if, if, if this is where you call home or, or you want to get more connected into this place, um, any one of our staff or student leaders would, would love to talk to you. Um, this community has changed my life uh, in so many ways. Jason has too, sucker. Um, <laughs> more than you know, bro. Um, whew, I'm going to start crying already. Oh, Lord. Um, I want you to know that if... I don't know what you know about Jesus or God or the church or the Bible, but I want you to know that like, you are safe here and um, you're, you're allowed to doubt and question things here. Um, and so if you want a place here, you got it. Um, I'm going to move this, Grace. It's, I'm going to play with it the whole time. Um, for those of you who are new, I guess no one's really new here, but um, our sermon series this semester is on home. And over the past few weeks, we've talked about how we have this inner longing for home that we haven't seen satisfied yet. It's like buried in, in our deepest beings. Um, Gabby talked about how Jesus identified as, as being spiritually homeless while he was here. And, and now we are spiritually homeless in this life as well. Kirsten talked about um, that God has come down and made his home with us by his spirit. And tonight, I'm talking to you about leaving home. So, I'm sorry. Um, but how when we leave home, we ultimately find a better one. Um, so, if you would bow your heads and pray with me. Father, thank you for burying the desire for home in all of us. I pray that we would not settle for less than what you've promised, and I pray that we would believe that what you've promised is actually the best thing for us. I pray that you would minister to each student in this room, that you would send your spirit to them, comfort them if they need to be comforted, afflict them if they need to kind of get a kick in the pants. Lord, you love us. Speak, to, speak through me. I pray that the words of my mouth and the meditations and thoughts of each one of our hearts would be holy and pleasing to you, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. Um, so that we just read the text. Um, do any of you know what the first command God gives to us is? Can't really see any of you. Does anybody know what the first command that God gives to us is? It's a pretty good answer. It's a pretty good answer. There we go. Uh, that's not what I had, but you know, good, good answer. Um, our, our text tonight um, says, The Lord said to Abram in Genesis 12, Leave your native country, your relatives, and your father's family, and go to the land that I will show you. So I'll ask you again, what was God's first command to Abraham? To leave. 
to leave his native country and his family and to go to the land that God would show him. It wasn't um, believe this thing about me. It wasn't say a prayer to me. It was to leave. Do you know that in a way that the same is true for us? Not to leave our country or our, or our family, which it could be that, but it's to leave behind our old way of living. When Jesus calls us to himself, he calls us to leave behind anything holding us back from him. How does that make you feel? How do you feel about being told to say no to things and to leave things behind? It sucks, right? <laughs> it's crap. Um, if, if, if leaving things and letting, letting go of things is hard or difficult for you and may even seem impossible, I want you to know that you're welcome to the party because I, I, I hate that as well. Um, for those of you that don't know, Jason just said it. Um, I'm an Enneagram 6. Um, if you don't know what the Enneagram is, there's prayer in the back for you. Just kidding, just kidding, kind of. Um, Gabby loves the Enneagram. Talk to Gabby about it. I asked her what her Enneagram is, and she said, I'm a 10. And so I was like, you're one of those people who don't like the Enneagram. Um, a core desire for a 6 is security and safety. So... Um, any sixes in here? All right, raise your hand. There's sixes in here. There we go. That's right. Anxious people. We got it. Um, so that means like whenever things, whenever we feel like safe and secure, we are good. We are happy. We are at peace. We're great. But when that's threatened or we have to potentially move into a place that isn't safe or secure, we are the best people at thinking about the worst case scenarios pretty much immediately. If you're, if you're a six, you know what I'm talking about. Um, but I think all of us do, do this as well, to some extent. Um, I want you to think about how hard it was for some of you to leave your parents or parental figures uh, and come to college. Or if you couldn't wait to leave, like some of you probably were ready to leave, think about the first time that you were hungry but didn't have someone to make you a meal. Or you, you, you felt so lonely, but you had no one there to hold you and, and, and let you know that things are going to be okay. Or maybe romance is an easier thing for you to relate to, to kind of grab onto. Um, have any of you been in a relationship, but you knew that it had to end because you're either going to college or maybe the person was, was into you more than you were into them? It happens a lot, I know. Um, but because you were afraid of, of what might be, you, you, you stayed in it. You were afraid that if you, maybe if you ended this relationship that you might, find not, you might not find another one. For me, this was the other way around. You know, a little story in a Matt's love life here. Um, <laughs> yay, yeah. It's, it's a real fun story, so just hold on your seats. <laughs> uh, a little over a year ago, uh, there was this girl in Knoxville um, that I was really into, really, really into. And we went on about five or six dates, probably. Um, and it was the first time in a while that I was excited about dating somebody. Um, I have not dated much, um, but I was ready to give this a go. Um, and she ended up telling me that she didn't want to continue going out with me. She didn't want to anymore. Um, 
Now, for most people, that is what you call dating. <laughs> dating, if you don't know, is going on dates with people. And they either end or you marry them. Those are your two options. Um, but I was so sure that this was going to be really good. I was like, what the heck? Um, but she ended things. She's great. She's really great. We're still friends. We're great. Um, <laughs> she's wonderful. Um, but I was like, I was spun for a loop, y'all. Like, I, yeah, if you, if Alex is here, you know, bro. He was there for me. Love you, man. Um, I, it wasn't that I had a, a bad day or a bad week. I, I was in a very dark place. I, I started losing a bunch of weight because I wasn't eating because I was so anxious. I started going to counseling. I was put on medication. It was rough. Um, better now. But, um, <laughs> I, genuinely, I genuinely thought that if I was single, I couldn't be happy. Or if I was single, that means I was less than or missing out on something good. In counseling, I realized how much of an idol I made out of this woman and out of romance in general. Eventually, I had to leave behind the idea that romance was never going to solve my problems of loneliness, anxiety, and the desire to feel wanted. So as most of you know, it's so hard to leave for something better and say no to something that we actually really want and desire. When God called Abram to leave, God promised Abram that he would be blessed and that through him, all the families on the earth would be blessed. I thought that was a burp. I was like, <laughs> <laughs> leaving, leaving his country would be hard, but the promise was compelling. I want, you to, I want to bring this home with the movie. So, um, If you know me, I love movies. So you're welcome in advance. Um, Christopher Nolan movies are my favorite. So that was my answer earlier. Paul, I think you said Interstellar. Ready? There you go. Um, I love movies. Christopher Nolan, he directed the Dark Knight trilogy, Inception, The Prestige, Jason. Um, but he also directed Interstellar, which is what I'm going to talk about tonight. Good call, bro. Um, Interstellar is this dystopian film based in a future of the United States. Um, the protagonist, Matthew McConaughey. You're welcome if you want to watch it. Um, he's a farmer. And all of the crops of the earth are, are dying away from blight. Blights, I don't even know what blight means, but blight is like killing crops. Um, and, and there's dust everywhere. Dust is like covering the earth. It's like a, it's like a dust bowl, part two. Um, and he was once, he was once a, a, a pilot for NASA. <laughs> and he was asked by NASA to pilot a craft, to go on a space exploration to search for inhabitable planets that they can move the human race to. He had to make the decision to leave his children for what he knew would be decades. For a single father to leave his children for what he knew would be decades, to not watch them grow up, to not be there for them when they need him. It's a big ask. But he had a compelling reason to leave. He wanted to find them a new home. Find the world a new home. Now, Interstellar is not any of our stories, nor is Abraham's. But God is calling each one of us to himself, and in doing so, there are things he's calling us to leave. It's to say no to. It's another word for leave, to say no. 
And in order to do that, we need to grab, grab a hold of a compelling vision for what he has in store for us. Another, another story about me. Um, I promise I'm not, I'm not exciting. Pretty lame. Um, but when I had just graduated high school, I was um, asked to go on a mission trip to Nicaragua. Um, I played baseball in high school, and I was a part of this baseball ministry. And when I graduated, I got to go to Nicaragua um, to play baseball with Nicaraguan baseball teams and to tell them about Jesus. Um, and at this time in my life, I was struggling with a lot of sin in my life. And I, I wanted to go to, on this trip, but I was like, ah, I can't pay for it, whatever, excuses. And then my coach was like, I'm going to pay for you to go. And I said, dang it. I'll go. Um, I feel like I need to go on this trip then. Um, and throughout that week, I started just getting, like, in me, just, like, this desire for, like, real change. This real, like, desire to, like, move on from this life I've been living. It wasn't crazy. just some sin in my life. We all know what that is like. Um, but I was, it was Wednesday night. I remember it was Wednesday night, and I was sitting in a desk. We are doing our nightly Devo. And... Two college students were going through Isaiah 1, and that's nothing to do with the story, but I might as well add it in there. Um, and I remember, I, I thought to myself, I am missing out on a more full picture of the life I've heard Jesus talking about. I feel like I didn't have it. I feel like I had a little bit of it, but I didn't have it all of it. And I remember I, I felt like my soul being ripped in two different directions, one towards Jesus, one towards the sin. And I feel like there was this moment where I put my head on my desk and, and my hands out like this, and I cried out for God to help me. Whew, I'm going to start crying again. Um, I come to the end of my line, the end of myself. I realized I could not say no to this without Jesus, even though I had tried for years before. I felt this warmth come over me, and I felt like I was being held. And I just heard God saying to me, like, I love you. Like, I, I, I'm with you. I got you. I kept hearing him say, like, I, it's okay. It's okay. It's okay. And, and I was like, what is happening right now? Um, I really wanted to lean into what was happening. I wanted to trust what was happening. But I knew that if I wanted to lean into this, I had to let go. I had to say no to this and thank the Lord that I did because my life changed that night. It's never been the same since. That, 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 that night is when I would say I, I became a Christian, that night. Um, if you have any, anyone have a, has a story like that, I'd love to talk to you. If you don't, I would love to talk to you as well, still. Um, some of you, this is not going to be a fun part for you. Um, some of you need a compelling reason to leave things. The chase of wealth and esteem. The hunt for a romantic partner because you think it will make you not feel lonely anymore, like me. I've seen this for years. Please do not date someone because you're lonely. Do that, please. Don't do, don't do that, please. This, the pe- people that you want to date do not exist for you. They don't exist to make you not feel lonely. They exist because God loves them, and they need to be treated with respect and dignity. Amen. Amen. <laughs> um, maybe it's Friendships relationships with your friends that are, are, are leading you into ways of life that are, are inhibiting you to, to flourishing in, in this robust, abundant life that we hear Jesus talking about. Some of you may need to let go of the idea that if only you get the right major that will lend you the right job, then you'll be happy and content. Some of you, it's grades. 
Some of you need to, need to let go of this idea that if only if I get the right grades, then I'll be worthy of something. Or maybe pornography is the thing that you need to let go of and say no to. But you feel like you've been struggling for years. This has been, it has been attacking you for years, and you feel like you're just settling and you're giving up. And you're saying, like, this is, I guess, something that I'll struggle with forever. And you're settling for, for, for a shoddy version of, of life that God has. But most of the time, we can only say no to things if we have something compelling to say yes to. I remember whenever I was prepping for this uh, and studying for this, I was like, just another thing I got to tell college students to do. They feel like they have a list, a grocery list long thing that they have to do in order to earn God's love. If you feel like you have to earn it, you don't. (laughs) Um, If you're feeling this way, I have good news. Um, Please share this. Please share this. Jesus does not give us a command to leave something without the promise of something better to follow. You should write that down. Um, Jesus does not command us to leave something without the promise of something better to follow. For Abraham, God promised that through him all the nations of the earth would be blessed. For Moses, he was asked to leave his life of comfort, to set God's people free, free from slavery and bondage. Jesus, his first word on his public ministry, he said, repent, which is another word for leave. And he said, if he followed with that, with my kingdom is near, my kingdom is in your midst, it's at hand. Friends, if you don't know this, God has made his entire kingdom available and near to you in Jesus. I don't know what God might be asking you to leave, but I do know what he's promising you. And it is so much greater and better than anything that you're holding on to. I want you to hear this picture of what God has in store for you. It comes from the book of Revelation, chapter 21, and verse 1. I want you to close your eyes, actually. Just close your eyes and just like, listen to what God has for you. Then I saw a new heaven and a new earth. For the first heaven and the first earth had passed away, and the sea was no more. And I saw the holy city, New Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God, prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. And I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, Behold, the dwelling place of God is with man. He will dwell with them, and they will be his people, and God himself will be with them as their God. He will wipe away every tear from their eyes, and death shall be no more. Neither shall there be mourning, nor crying, nor pain anymore, for the former things have passed away. And he who was seated on the throne said, Behold, I am making all things new. Also he said, Write these down, for these words are trustworthy and true. And he said to me, It is done. I am the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. To the thirsty I will give from the spring of the water of life without payment. The one who conquers will have this heritage, and I will be his God, and he will be my son. Amen? This is the summary picture of what God promises us in Jesus. C.S. Lewis um, gets a lot of airplay around here. Um, He says, he described it in his last Narnia book, what God promises us is like a story that goes on forever, in which every chapter is better than the one before. It's pretty cool. Um, I want you to know that like the, these promises that I just said are, are available for you right now, tonight. If God is inviting you to leave something, to say no to something, it's for this. There's one other thing that I wanted to talk about. Um, I almost didn't talk about this because it, it could take a whole other sermon to talk about. 
Um, but one of the things that Jesus, Jesus intends to be compelling, one of, the, one of the biggest things that he help people, will help people let go of things they're holding on to is seeing other Christians. Seeing other Christians live and how they live together. The way that, the way that they live would bring about hope to those who are enslaved to things and have given up. I know that's a whole idea, and so I don't want to tease that out, but I do want you to see that, that that matters. Like, we should be a, a compelling reason for people to leave things behind. I want you to think about people that you look up to. Who do you look up to? Why do you look up to them? Probably because you want to be more like them. If you want to be more like them, there are things that you have to change, things that you have to let go of. And a, a question worth asking yourself is, is my life compelling for others? Is the way that I live a compelling reason for people to say yes to this Jesus I proclaim as Lord and no to how I'm living? <laughs> Friends, God came down to earth in Jesus to make himself known to us. He left heaven and came here. And then he left his family and friends and went back up to the heavens in order to make what I just said possible and available to each one of you. We're not earning any of these things that we are promised by God, but in order to experience them, we have to take off our old self and way of living and put on our new self, as Paul says in his letters. That's not an easy task. If anything, this is easy. You're wrong. Um, it's very hard, and I want you to know that you don't have to do this alone. If, if you're trying to figure out how to do this, any one of us on staff would love to talk with you how to leave things behind, how to say no to things, and how to say yes to whatever Jesus is inviting you into. I want you to, uh, I want to leave you with a quote from C.S. Lewis. Um, if you don't like C.S. Lewis, sorry. Um, uh, listen to this. It says, The security we crave would teach us to rest our hearts in this world and oppose an obstacle to our return to God. A few moments of happy love, a landscape, a symphony, a merry meeting with friends, a bath or a football match have no such tendency. Listen to this. Our Father refreshes us on the journey with some pleasant ends, but will not encourage us to mistake them for home. How tempting is that? How tempting is it for us to settle? For us to post up camp somewhere that God has just intended for us to be a respite, an inn along the journey? because you've either grown too comfortable or you're scared about what's lying ahead. I don't know. <laughs> uh, I want you to take a few minutes. Uh, we're going to wrap up here. Uh, I want you to take a few minutes and just reflect on, on what I've been talking about. I want you to reflect on this question. What is God inviting you to leave? What is God inviting you to say yes to in order that you might say yes to something better? A helpful visual for me, if you want to do this, is I want you to hold out your palms like this. I want you to imagine letting go whatever it is you're holding on to. And I want you to hold them like this after that. I want you to receive the gift of what God is inviting you into and say yes to it. So uh, take a few minutes, uh, and then Jason will lead us in a time of communion.